Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. I really want to talk to you um, from my heart right now. I really need you to share this message right here, guilt, and today we're going to be talking about shame. Um, I started last week. I want to finish it. I really want you to share this. Click it, comment, send it, watch part of it. This message has helped so many people. I've gotten so many people saying, man, I got out of the shame I was stuck in. I got out of the guilt. Pastor Chris, when you said that, you know, guilt, you know, guilt sometimes comes because of what I did. You know what I mean? We get guilty. We did something, and the action produced a response in life that we didn't want. I got free from the shame of some stuff, and I got rid of the image of shame, and I'm breaking free from it. Oh, the anointing to remove these burdens off of people's life. So many people gone through so much stuff. Somebody stopped loving them. Somebody, I mean, I've had people come home. Some, my spouse came home and just stopped loving me, and I felt, what was wrong with me? Why, why can't you love me anymore? And this message set them free. People coming in that live with addiction for years. I'm telling you, you got to share this. you got to help me help people. And I can't, I can't do it. Jesus can do it, though. And that's the thing. Just, just share it. Click it. Text somebody. Watch this. Send it. Send when we're done. Send the video. So just send it to somebody. Say, look, if they don't watch it, that's, that's not your thing. But just get it to them. Dealing with addiction. I mean, I had people, and you don't know who I'm talking about, but people dealing with addiction that have lived years addicted and, and just demoralized their life for a season and said, I couldn't, I couldn't erase those pictures, but God's getting me out of this thing because the message has the power in it. The anointing's in the word. People, people making restoration. I've had people who have had marriage problems that seem to be insurmountable, but I had to forgive and I carried guilt and I've kept the shame of, of, of you know, just the actions that I did that weren't right. God, God is setting people free, guys, and that's what the gospel's supposed to do. We're supposed to help people. We're supposed to find them and help them. And sometimes I don't know how to find them. I, I don't. I don't know. I try, but I don't know where to go. But as I do this and we share this and as we get it out and as you share it, somebody that doesn't even, the people that tell you, oh, I'm not into all that, I'm not, man, they're looking for help, they're looking for hope, and you you, by your act of obedience, can get them close. And if they receive it, they receive it. This is easy. If they're, if they're not into it, they could, just, they could just check. They could just say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to watch it. But what about the one person that says, yeah, I, I watched it? Man, I'm telling you, I got, I got testimonies that came in from I didn't know what this series was going to do, but this series is changing my life. And we're going to look at it from Jesus. I'm going to show you some great examples today. I think that are really going to help you overcome some of this stuff. And all, all these next couple of weeks on Wednesday, we've been talking about this, that you have authority to overcome these emotional strongholds that try to hold you back from the greater life in Christ. And that's what we're trying to do, get you to the greater life. Okay? So as we get in this thing, I appreciate you guys sharing it and helping people. We have to understand that shame, shame sometimes is... Um, 
is something. Sometimes we, we, we have grief, we have guilt, we have shame, but sometimes the shame of life comes because we, we do something and what we did, we're not really, we're not really, um, we're not really kind of like, like we're not happy about it. You know, we made a mistake and we made, we've had actions that have produced shameful response. And this is what I want you to know. This is not a, a, a problem for you to say, oh, well, you can keep living like that. That's not what we're saying. A lot of times, because people do not perform their Christian walk the way they want to, there's a fear to even try to go after next level Christianity. So instead of living in the disappointment of that, they don't even try no more. That's really what goes on with people's life. You think, Pastor Chris, what are you saying? I'm saying this, they see this good life but they've tried so many times to get to this good life and failed, their fear of failure has stopped them from trying anymore. So I'm just going to live in this mess. But they don't have to. And that's the enemy's tool. He tries to bring fear and shame and guilt and all this stuff to their mind, telling them, you can't live that life. You can't be like that. Look how many times you tried and look how many times you failed. Look at those thoughts in your mind that try to pull these, so they say, I don't even want to try anymore. I don't even want to, I don't want to try to live free, so I'll stay bound. It's like almost like a fear of freedom, a fear of freedom. Can you believe it? A fear of freedom. That's what the children of Israel were dealing with. They said, it's better for us in Egypt. We just want to go back to what we, we, we didn't, we had boundaries. This is so, this is so out of our sphere of thinking. We can't even go and follow God. They wanted to go back, but I got news for you. We're going to set people free so they don't have to go back. We're going to help you get free so you don't have to go back, and you're going to build brand new habits, and you're going to build brand new, you're going to get brand new guidelines, and you're going to get restraints. That's what's going to happen. You know, the Bible says where there's no vision, there's no restraint. But vision helps me see, and all vision is this fancy word for focus. That's all it is. If I could focus on where I'm going, I can get the guide, the guidance system to get me there. That's all it is. So here's what we're going to do. We've got to understand first and foremost, Jesus, number one, Jesus took our shame. He took it upon him on the cross, and he paid the price for any humiliation that would ever try to come and affect our life. We might have done some things we're not proud of, but Jesus took it. And that's not, that's not an opportunity for me to keep living in a place of disobedience, that's not what we're saying. We're living strong in obedience. We've been redeemed from shame. God wants us to experience the benefit of what he did on the cross. Because of his suffering on the cross, he paid the ultimate price for us to experience his love, his presence, the person of Jesus. This is possible, this is possible not because we work for it, but because we receive it. Write that down. How do I overcome my shame? Well, I received the benefit of what Jesus did on the cross because he paid the price for it. Now, that's empowering, and that's also not just um, does it not release the right mentality, but it empowers me to live in that mentality in the future. Does that make sense? It kind of goes, wow, I don't have to carry this no more. Like if I was carrying this guilt, this shame, this stuff, well, Jesus came to exchange it, I can give it to him and never pick it up again. And then he's given me the power through the cross, resurrection, the power of God to not only just do that, but now I can live free in the future 
so I don't have to come back to so many shameful experiences I experienced like in the past. That's the freedom of the gospel. It's not that, oh, you just get cleaned up from what you did, and then you keep struggling. That's not the gospel. The gospel is, I'll clean up the past and give you the power to press into the future. That is God. That's why you don't have to be afraid because there's nothing to be scared of. All you got to do is be faith-filled and take little steps each day, each day getting a little bit better. Come on, just a little bit better, just a little bit. And I don't mean better like, you know, like that, that brand of Christianity where like good Christian, bad Christian, good Christian, bad Christian. No, what I'm saying is this. I'm getting a little bit better at thinking right thoughts. I'm getting a little bit better at saying the right words. I'm getting a little bit better at seeing myself the way I'm supposed to see me on the inside. I'm getting a little bit better at seeing other people the way God would like me to see them. I'm, I'm growing. And because I'm growing, I'm kind of feeling good about the growing I'm in because I know it's not based on my ability. But God's grace is helping me grow in areas I didn't grow before. But I'll tell you what, if, if the emotional pain of, 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 of shame is there, you're going you're gonna to be hiding Man, and that's what I want to talk to you today about. You don't have to hide anymore. And man, today is a real powerful message. I just want to keep getting into this thing. Jesus paid the price for all of this stuff, guys. I want you to look at me at Isaiah 53 and 5. Jesus paid the price for your sin. Jesus paid the price for your sickness. Jesus paid the price for your disease. Jesus paid the price for mental suffering. And Jesus paid the price for your shame. He endured the cross. So you can be free. He is despised and rejected of men. <sighs> Look at this. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. It says in one translation, he carried your grief and your shame. Yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities, and the chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I am healed. Man, guys, don't listen to what the devil is telling you. He's lying about it. Listen, you're not bound to your past. You're not bound to who you used to be. Don't let him convince you to give up. Instead, seek God and listen to these words of truth that can transform your life. Now, listen, you got to believe something. You know, it's funny. Somebody came to me and was asking me some stuff. Like, Pastor Chris, it was, you know, they were younger, and they're like, do you really believe, you know, like, you know, like, like something. Like, I said this for a long time. I think God... God has done some wild stuff in the Bible. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like, whoa, kind of blows your mind. Like he, he walked on water, Jesus, and he parted the Red Sea, and manna came out the sky, and rocks were following in the desert. I mean, like it's a little bit out there, you know? And, and, and if you don't use faith to, to believe all, like you're saying, Noah built an ark and took all the animals of the earth and floated. Yeah, they found it. I mean, they literally seriously found the ark. But it's going to take faith in something 
to produce your life. You're either believing the lies and putting faith in the lies, or you're putting faith in the truth and transforming your life. What I'm basically saying is this. you got to believe something. If you go, I don't believe there was an ark, and, well, then guess what? You believe, you believe something. Everybody is a believer. <laughs> you might just be believing in the wrong thing, though. You know what I mean? You're believing something. Everybody believes something. I believe in Jesus Christ. His crucifixion has given me everlasting life. There's somebody down the street right here who says, I don't believe that. Everybody believes something. Why should we not put our beliefs in the power of the gospel, which Paul said has the power to transform our life? I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to them that receive it. Glory be to God, man, the power of God that can transform your life. Absolutely. You've been delivered. We have freedom, but you got to accept it. And here's the thing. Don't look for the feelings. Make acts of faith. I've been saying this for a long time. When you take the step of obedience, when you take the step of faith, the feelings will catch up. Their emotions. He gave us authority over our emotions. I'm going to say something. Shame is a byproduct of an emotion. It really is because your mind, your will, and your emotions are going, hey, this is how I feel about that. Here's how I see that. Here's what I think. Your spirit man's free. He's free. And your spirit man's like, stop limiting us to who we used to be. We're a new creature in Christ. And some of you are saying, Pastor Chris, I'm just living the lifestyle of creating this. It's okay. We're going to grow out of it if you do what I'm telling you to do because you're going to see this. Because a lot of times what happens is we get to this place of guilt. We get to this place of shame. And instead of going to the source, Jesus, to get out, we hide from him. Man, I got some stuff today. Jesus took all your shame and fear so you wouldn't be tormented by its wicked hold. In exchange, he freely offered you himself and his power and his ability. And all you have to do is receive by faith what already has been given because of what happened on the cross. You know, Jesus said, is it, what's easier for me to say? Take up your bed and walk or your sins are forgiven you. And we could say it like this. What was he saying? He's saying the same power on that cross sets you free from eternal death and has given you eternal life. One is the same power that healed your body. That means you can get up and be well and whole. It's the same, it's the same power that took the shame, took the fear, that same power. In that resurrection process, we just apply it to different areas of our life to grow in the power of Christ. You see it? So give him your shame. He took it. Remember I said, he nailed grief. Come on. He nailed grief to the cross. He nailed shame to the cross too. He nailed it. He took it. He took it. Now, I'm not saying go out and continue to create acts that are going to make you feel like that. That's not what I'm saying. But he took care of it so you could be free. Watch this. You're free from the bondage of shame in Christ. Write that down. Now it's time to live free in that name. It's in Christ. You ain't in you no more. Look, this is how I did it a long time ago. 
When I first got saved, I was thinking these things. I was like, man, how in the world can I be saved? You know, the devil, man, he's something else, ain't he? You know, here I am, I get saved, brand new Christian, and I'm starting to think these wild, off-the-rail thoughts, they were, they were pretty much evil. And I remember being almost like ashamed of these thoughts I was having. I was like, oh, my God, how can I be a Christian and be thinking like this? How can I be a believer and thinking like this? And I literally got discouraged. I mean, I'm talking, I'm saved a couple of weeks, and I'm going, oh, my God. And then I realized thoughts in my mind are not really my thoughts until I put faith in them. They're just suggestions. I didn't know this stuff, but the devil doesn't play fair. So now here I am ashamed of thoughts that aren't even mine. He uses it as a tool to try to stop you. And I, I saw it like this, but I'm not in Chris anymore. I'm in Christ and whatever I did inside Chris has been annihilated. Now I'm in Christ, and in Christ, there is no shame. There is no fear. There is no guilt. I'm living up to the label of in Christ, I live and move and have my being. So I'm what? I'm growing in the revelation and the renewing of my mind. So I'm growing out of this stuff. But guess what? For a season, for a season, if you're not careful, you can almost be condemned by shame even though it's not yours. It's the enemy trying to come. Some of it was self-afflicted. We get that. We're going to fix it. Some of it was just, guess what? It was the enemy. We're going to see it. Only Jesus can heal the pain of emotional shame. Write that down. Only Jesus can heal the pain of emotional shame. Because sometimes it, it, comes like, it comes in all different kind of packages, guys. And that's so, so important. I want to explain that. Only Jesus can heal the pain of emotional shame. Have you ever felt like you've been humiliated? Have you ever been ashamed because of something you've been through or because of something someone has said? Have you ever felt the discomfort of it, the pain of it, the embarrassment of it? You ever, sometimes we get humiliated by it. If you've experienced these things, guess what? Jesus felt them too. That's what we talked about last week. He despised not the what? The shame of the cross, but considered it all joy. He didn't look at it like, man, I'm going to be exposed. That's what, that's, that is why the power of shame is, has its force in the hiding. Okay? Jesus is openly, basically exposed before all and took shame upon him because, remember this, shame's power is found in the hidden places. It's the hidden places that shame is found. That's why one of the scriptures in the Bible says, everything that's done is coming to the light. I'm telling you, it's going to come to the light. So remember this, sometimes we feel this. Jesus took this upon the cross, and we don't have to be... Um, I don't burdened or 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 heavy laden with the feelings of shame. We don't have to take these on. We can cast them off. Um, even if it was stuff that you you partook in willfully, we could we could we could re, we can release it from you. He literally took our shame so we can live free from it. I got news for you. I don't know what your past has held, okay? But I know who's holding your future. And you're going to have to 
realize that the enemy's greatest power in this thing, if we're going to break the power of shame, we got to remove the hidden places. So important. And now I'm not telling you go share this. Let me go through it. I think you need to go to Christ and leave it there. Because a lot of times people get in this arena where they feel like, I got, I got, a, I got, no. God, Jesus understands you more than anybody. And you got to build faith in your prayer life to walk in there and leave it there. You know, I'm going to say it like this. I just, I just kind of call it this image. Your freedom from shame and humiliation and all this guilt was included on Jesus' work on the cross because of what he did. You might have to just, you know, I was thinking about that. The Bible says in, in, in Colossians, remember read it? He said he took the ordinances of it and put it in, in, in nail. You might have to write it down. I'm being serious. You might have to write down what's bothering you, walk into a place of prayer with Jesus, and kind of almost give him the paperwork. I don't know what you have to do to know that you handed it over. I would think prayer would be the place where you would say, okay, I did it. Maybe some of you have to have a visual to connect the spiritual to it. I, well, I don't care. Whatever you need. Don't go to people. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strongly advise this. Um, I know the Bible says go to one another, you know, when you have this stuff. But I don't think, I don't think it's safe sometimes for you to go to other people with things that only you and God really understand. I really don't. I, I might be out a little too far here, but I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm leading you the best I can as your pastor. I would go in private and deal with some stuff. And if you have to come out in public, even if you have to go talk to somebody, it's okay. If you need some counseling, it's okay. But I don't think you need to share a lot of stuff because I think people um, in their weakness can almost be hurtful with the secret hidden things that you keep in your heart. And if you're not careful, people in the midst of weakness will use things against you that you don't need to go back and revisit. But God never will. See, God's not like a human. God is not a man that he should lie. He doesn't lie. God is a spirit. He's a spirit man. So go to Jesus. Trust in his confidence. And sometimes with prayer, I know there's no response you know, there's no response like you don't hear it audibly. But you know what? Jesus, the word of God has made it clear that you don't need the response. You already have the truth. If you can catch what I just said, it'll help your prayer life. I already, I went, he who comes to God must believe that he is, and then he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I ain't going to go in a place of prayer if I didn't believe he was God. So believe what he said. That's believing he's God. He said, leave it here. Cast your care upon me, for I care for you. You got to believe that walking in. Otherwise, I don't know how good your prayer life is anyway if you're not believing the word of God. And I'm not saying that unemotional, guys. Please understand me. I'm trying to help you. Go in there. If he said, cast your care, cast your prayer. So maybe you got to take a, maybe you got to say, take some, some written stuff, wad it up in a ball, Put it in the shredder when you're done. I don't know. But exchange it. Do whatever you got to do. You know, throw it. Do I don't know. You know what I'm saying. Some of you guys go to these conferences, you know, let it rain, whatever you do. You know, do your little thing. You know, pull it down. From, I remember back in the, in the 90s, we, money cometh. You remember we used to go get it. Go do something visual or throw it. I don't care. You take your yo-yo and cast it and cut it. You know what I'm saying. Let's break the power of shame. 
It's got no more power over you because of what Jesus did to it. So let's look at this powerful truth. I want you, um, I, got, I got two places I want to take you today. I was thinking about the Bible, a lot of places. Like you look at David, he was in a shameful situation. You look at um, other people throughout the word of God were in shameful situations. And I started thinking specifically about, you know, I, started, I thought about, um, I thought about um, a lot of different things. I thought about the Syrophoenician woman. I thought about, um, I thought about how she was, she was basically called a dog and, and stood and stayed even in a shameful posture because she needed something from Jesus. I thought about a lot of people, but I started really thinking about the woman at the well. And in John chapter 4, um, verse 1, we could start right there. And the Lord knew the Pharisees had heard that Jesus baptized more than John, and Jesus himself baptized not the disciples. And he left Judah and departed in Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Samaria was, you got to get a little bit of an overview here. Um, they had picked up an orthodox kind of position. They had a world tainted view. They weren't really spiritual per se. They were, they were more, um, they were spiritual in the wrong way. They were open to all kinds of basic nonsense. There was a worldliness, an orthodox kind of level of thought, which was kind of in its truth a little kind of messed up. And then they had a lot of almost like spiritual, um, spiritual imbalance. It was, it was not, it was almost occultish more than it was godly. So they were kind of like ostracized. They were outcasts. They were not really looked upon. That's why he has a very, um, a very hard conversation at the well because he should not even be speaking. That's why the disciples kind of rose up and said, why are you even talking to her? They were an outcast. They were forgotten. Um, they were a people group that, the, let's just say the church, it would be like the modern day church was running in its lane and saying, yeah, but you know, the Samaritans, they're a little bit weird. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, you know, those Christians from Samaria, they're a little worldly, tainted. You know what I mean? They're not right in their thinking. A matter of fact, the global church has ostracized them and has looked down upon them as a, as, as, as a minority spiritually. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, they ain't like us. We're the top of the top, and you are not understanding Christianity like we are. So they're really outcasts. So when it says that Jesus must need go through there, there is a connection that Jesus has been put on an assignment to find someone. And I really believe when I started this series, this word has been sent on assignment to find you. You've been praying. You've been believing. You've been expecting. You've been wanting change. You've been looking for hope. You've been hanging on, but you've been asking for help. And I believe, just like Jesus, I must need come to you today. Come to your house. Come to the device you're watching on. I believe I'm the answer to your prayers. I'm not kidding you. Because you look at this and you think, Jesus, why would you go? If you were going to change the people, because she, let's just read it and you're going to see it. But I want you to catch the overview before we get into it. Jesus wasn't just coming looking for a woman at a well. He was coming looking for a bunch of outcasts with a message. But one thing about this woman you'll start seeing is she's hiding. She's hiding, guys. 
She's hidden. She's hidden. She's riddled with shame, and she's hiding from her future. She hides. She comes to a well when you really maybe shouldn't be at a well because she's ashamed of herself. But Jesus was on a journey to find her. And I, I love, when you look at it like that, she's hiding. She's, she's, her outwards decisions have caused her an inward shame. Look at this. Then cometh he to a city near the parcel of ground Jacob gave Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. For his disciples were gone. They went to the city to buy meat. Jesus has separated himself. This is, there's like things that start coming at me while I was getting ready to prepare, so I want to give it to you. Jesus separates himself from the people that could almost hinder the moment with this woman. Because if these guys were here from the beginning, they would have messed it up. He's isolated for a moment, not because of inaccountability, but because he knows to get done what I need to get done supernaturally, I can't be hindered by religiosity. Their religious mindset would have said from the beginning, she should not hear the message that's coming out of your mouth. But I want you to know something. Jesus didn't care what they thought he should say. He was getting ready on a journey to set her free. He didn't come to dignitaries and kings. He came to a woman hiding at a well mm, to change him. Watch this. Then there came a woman. And she came to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. From the disciples were gone away, they went and bought meat. And then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, see there's a separation, you're a Jew, you're a hierarchy of Christianity, let's say, let's lay it like that. You know, obviously, it was Jewish tradition, but these, these, this, how can you be? And she said, how can you talk to me and even ask me for drink? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God that stood before you, come on, somebody, you would ask me to give you drink, and you would ask me, and I would give you a living water. I, I, he's there, man. He's like, he's like, what you came here to receive isn't in this well. What you came here to receive isn't it this bucket in this thing. What you came to receive is living in me, and I'm willing to give it to you. It's the Zoe God kind of life, and it's not like natural water. It's holy water, honey. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? What was he saying? It's life in Christ. Look what he says. And Jesus said that, and the woman said in here, sir, you don't have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, for whence thou hast this living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well and drank thereof himself and the children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinks the water that I got will never be thirsty again. He's finding her need and meeting it. 
But watch this. The woman said, sir, you give me this water that I thirst and neither have to come back to draw thin. Now, they ain't talking about natural water. She knows she's already in this thing. How many of you know you're going to have to drink natural water? You're going to have to drink for the rest of your life or then you're going to die. She said, you give me this water. So I, she was caught. He, she, he got her. I'm meeting, you came here and hidden, she should, so why, why does this lady not want to be at the well it, when all the other ladies are at the well? She's an outcast. She's the, she's the town, she's the town sleep around just a little bit, guys. You know what I'm saying? Look, she's got, she's got a shame on her. She's got a stigma attached to her. She's got a label on her. She ain't even got a name. I don't even know this lady's name. Woman at the well. That's her identity. That's how she's been seen. I'm the outcast. I'm so far outcast. I'm an outcast. In the land of outcast, I'm an outcast. We don't even have a name. What's her name? Woman at the well. I have no identity. I've been hiding in hidden places. I'm hiding even coming at the time of day. I'm coming to fill up a water pot because guess what I got news for? I got news for you this, that I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to hear no more about who I am. I don't want nobody labeling. They've been labeling her and talking about her, and she's been the talk of the town. She said, give me this water so I don't have to be thirsty no more. Jesus said to her, go call your husband. In her need, he finds her place she's probably most ashamed of. Her lifestyle has produced a history of shame. And because of it, we don't know if it was her to blame or But the shame that was produced because of her life has now left her in limbo because I, I'm not in a place to be released from this stuff. So how do I, I'm just going to stay hidden. But watch what takes place. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, you said well. She didn't lie. People that lie are hiding stuff. She's coming out. I don't want to hide no more. I don't have a husband. Jesus said, good, because the guy you're with now, he ain't your husband. For now has had five husbands. And he who has had was with now. Thou has had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. I said that truly. The woman said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said, woman, you believe in me in the hour coming, and you ain't going to worship in no mountain. You're going to worship right here internally. Listen to this. You don't know what you're worshiping. But the hour cometh is now in where the true worshipers shall worship me in spirit and worship me in truth. Look what happens here. The woman said to him, sir, I know the Messiah cometh, which is the Christ, which shall come. He'll tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak with you, I am he. And upon this she marveled and she told all the disciples. She left her water pot and she told everybody what he had done. Hidden 
hidden, but now she's revealed. She's free. Came and talked with them, and this woman said, the disciples showed up and said, why are you talking to her? Why do you talk with her? It doesn't make sense. You're not supposed to be talking to her. She's an outcast. Jesus said, don't tell me who I'm going to talk to. The woman left her water pot and went her way in the city. She come and see a man, which told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? Then he went out of the city and came. And the disciples followed. She went back and touched the city with a message. She went back and turned it around. He didn't come to the spiritual leaders of the day. He didn't come to the news broadcast of the moment. He came to some lady at a well, hiding from the shame of life. I wrote something here. Sometimes life throws stuff at you that you don't know how to handle. Hiding at a well. But there was another woman hidden in the crowd. The woman with the issue of blood, I started thinking of her. She, she had a place of shame. She suffered from this hemorrhaging for 12 years. She was unclean. She was an outcast. She was uncomfortable. She was uncomforted. Nobody could comfort her because she's an outcast. She couldn't be in the city. She had to be outside the city. She couldn't come near people because she was unclean. To be unclean means you were separated. Kind of almost like this Samaritan woman. She's ostracized because of shame. The woman at the well maybe had something to do with it, but the woman with the issue of blood, she was afflicted by the enemy. She was caught up in the crosshairs of life and left to be an outcast forever. She saw Jesus heal others and longed to receive his touch, but she couldn't ask in front of this crowd. She couldn't even get in the crowd. She wasn't supposed to be there. She was bound to live with her shame and pain forever, but she made a choice. If I can push through, I don't want to tell nobody why I'm here. See, that's what the miracle of this moment is. She was carrying this all her life, and she said, I don't want to tell nobody here what I'm going through. It's embarrassing. I feel ashamed of myself, but if I can press through and touch him, he'll understand. He'll understand me. That was the mystery of the moment that when she touched him, Jesus said, who touched me? She fell at his knees, not just because of the power that went into her body to make her well and whole. She fell at her knees because she was in a place of humility that I'm a shame-filled woman. And if you turn around and call me out in front of this crowd, I'll take it. But I really hope to God you don't. And the one that could have said something to her didn't say nothing but what? Daughter, thou be free from thy plague and go. No one all the while. She was stuck. I can't ask in front of this crowd. She, she sought to hide in this place of anonymity. But if I could touch him, hiding. People who tried to hide their shame. I said this, Eve and Adam were hiding when they touched sin. 
When you touch sin or sin touches you, you want to hide. When sin touches you, you want to hide. And when you touch sin, you want to hide. Jesus came looking for Adam in the cool of the day. He said, where are you? He said, I'm naked and I'm afraid. He said, who told you that? How do you know that? Did you eat of the fruit I told you not to eat of? Your disobedience has put you in this place of shame. Maybe your disobedience, look, guys, we got to be honest. Maybe your disobedience puts you in the place of shame. But I got news for you today. You don't have to live in it no more. He'll take it. But maybe life just puts you in some shameful position. Maybe people's effect on your life puts you in a shameful position. Maybe people did something, said something, acted. Maybe somebody did something to you that was shameful. You know, I, was, I read something um, Joyce Myers said. It was really powerful. You know, she lived a life of abuse, and she said this as I was, I was, I was looking at this, this thing of shame. She said she, she lived years in, 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 in an abusive situation with her own father, molesting her. And I know that's a hard thing to hear, but it was true. And she said these, she says, what in me would make him do that to me? I was heartbroken when I heard him. I was heartbroken. What could make, what could make that girl feel? That somebody would do that to you because of you. How can someone hurt somebody like that? But the person that's being hurt feel like, what's wrong with me that would make you respond to me like this? Shame's evil. It's evil. You don't have to live with it. And she, she said something. She testified. She, she gave it to Jesus because she knew he would understand. This woman with the issue of blood walked around 12 years, an outcast, abandoned, alone, left by humanity, hidden in shame. The woman at the well didn't go to the well when all the other ladies went to the well. She didn't want to hear it. I don't want to be the outcast. I don't want to be ostracized because of my behavior. I know I've made mistakes, but I, I just want to hide. Adam and Eve were hidden after they touched sin. Sin will make you hide from his presence. But Jesus came and did away with sin once and for all. I think it's one of the most important reasons why he came. He doesn't want you to have to live hidden. He took sin upon his body so you don't have to live hidden. These biblical portraits that I give you of people who tried to hide their shame in all the wrong places. But the wonderful thing is this, that God's power breaks shame's hold over you and sets you free. Maybe you're hiding from your shame. I'm here to tell you Jesus can help. Shame has a power. I'm going to give you a scripture, and I want to be real sensitive with this because I don't want you to get the wrong idea here. But I want you to look at Proverbs 11.2. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. Well, the lowly is wisdom. Adam and Eve's first instinct after they sinned was to hide. They stood guilty before God and were vulnerable to each other and Satan in a new way like never before. 
Guys, when I read that scripture, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. Pride is elevating myself above or beneath where God wants to put me. If I get prideful too high, then I lift myself up. It's dangerous. But it's just as dangerous to get too low and think you have to pay the price for this. Give it to Jesus. That was my, that was my, just like the woman at the well, just like the woman with the issue of blood, shame frequently encourages me and you to hide in places we should never be hidden in. We hide away from God. We hide away from church. We hide away from godly relationships. We hide away because we don't feel, we don't feel like we deserve it. We don't feel like we, we're allowed to have it. We don't feel like we should, we should be like free. Sometimes the pain of guilt is the process of you standing there feeling like, well, I should, I should feel something. You know, people sometimes will almost make you feel like, take care, take the worry, take the pain. No, Jesus said, cast it on me for I care for you. The key to breaking shame's power is this, release yourself from the pride. Now, that's a tough situation. Now, hear me. You just said, Pastor Chris, how can I be prideful? You got to believe that God is big enough to take it once and for all. That's a powerful statement, but hear me. You got to give it to God. Just like I was saying, Joyce Meyer had to come to a decision in life. I read it. It was powerful. She said, God asked me, am I the God of the cross today? Am I the God of the cross tomorrow? Am I the God of the cross next year? Then give it to me. Nothing happened in your life because of what you did. In that situation, he was saying, no. He was saying, give it to me. I'm bigger than it. To the point where she turned her whole life around. She has the powerful ministry today she has because she turned her life around. God's got so much waiting for you that if you can get out of these hidden places you've been hiding, you could come into the light of the glory of God and live free without the shame, without the guilt, without the pain, without the memories of the past. Now, we got to live a life of obedience, but we don't have to be hindered because of the past to stop us from this next level of life. I'm going to pray with you today. You got to hear my heart. Give me this next minute. Pastor Chris, are you saying I'm being prideful? Not like the way you think I'm saying it. I'm not saying you're prideful, but don't, don't take it and don't take ownership of it. It's not yours. Trust that God's big enough in his word. He said bring it to him. Give it to him once and for all. Here's my actions. They weren't pretty, but here they are. The woman at the well... Change your life forever. She's not standing at the well no more. Hidden and riddled in shame. The woman with the issue of blood. And guys, you're out there too. I thought about David. David was the one I was going to bring. David is a man after God's own heart. But he has shameful situations, not just with Bathsheba, but he's a murderer. Could have gave him a complex for the rest of his life. He stood before God and wrote the book of Psalms, most of them. 
and said, renew a right spirit within me. Fix my heart. I'm a broken man. David's Psalms were the, the cries of the pains, the shame that he carried. I want you to know if you give it to God today, he'll take it forever. And I'm going to pray for you. And shame's power is going to be broken off of you today. Today. But you've got to give it to him by faith. You've got to trust the message you heard today. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When I was talking about pride, I don't want you to think pride like I'm saying something negative towards you. Please hear me. I'm just saying, if he said it, then give it to him. And don't you pick it up no more. God said he's big enough. Let him have it. He wants to take it. He's the one who went to the cross for you to give it, so don't carry it no more. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. All the shame, all the guilt, all the pain, cast it on you right now. See it visually like I showed you. Put it on the cross. Nail it to that cross. Nail it to that cross. And leave it there. Right now by faith. In the message you heard today. Leave it right there. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I forgive. Jesus, take my shame. Take my guilt. Take my pain. I don't want to carry this burden. I don't want to be hiding in hidden places. I don't want to be hiding anymore. I'm going to give it to you once and for all. I'm not going to pick it up again. Thank you for touching me, touching my life, healing me, setting me free, transforming my mind, giving me help, giving me hope, renewing a right spirit within me. I'm coming out of the hidden places, and I'm walking in the marvelous light. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm never going to be the same again. And I'm not going to live in the fear, the shame, and the guilt anymore. Everything I thought I'm not, you already made me to be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Man, guys, praise the Lord. Listen, I want you to know, life, life, your next season, it's going to be the best season. Promise you that. Stay in the message. Watch it again. Share it. Stay close to it. Do a little bit more follow-up study on it. But remember this. He took it so you don't have to carry it no more. We're leaving the hidden places, and we're walking in the marvelous light. I love you. I'm praying for you, and I'm going to see you soon. God bless you. I'll see you this weekend. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.